So my guy was ordering Mac D's. Shout out to Biggs, yeah? He was ordering Mac D's. And then the person must have got an order wrong. And I guess how he said to excuse me to the person. He oh. was like, yo, pause. And then the, cost, the person just stopped talking. Now he's saying pause as like, yo, shut up. Disrespectful or not. Yeah, that's rude. That's rude, oh, wait, didn't so it? Wait. He was talking and Bruh, he just paused no. The lady was talking. Like basically the lady got the order wrong, innit? Yeah. So he was like, yo, I need to reorder in it. And then all you hear big say, yo, pause to the lady. Yeah, that's rude, man. It's like, this is what I meant. And I thought, bruh, because I don't pause as pause in it. Like, yo, yeah. no. He used pause as shut up. Yeah, that's rude. Wow. And I was oh, reading it. Yeah, man. I was yeah, like, yo, true, bro, man. is she a PlayStation fan? Right. <laughs> <laughs> this guy treated her like FIFA fan. <laughs> no, because you know what's funny? I said, yo, pause. <laughs> this is her. <laughs> and then he went, yeah, so can I get this? I just finish off the order. Oh, boy. Wow. And he ended up getting 10 barbecue sauces as well just for him. So shout out to Biggs. What's good, world? Welcome to episode 20 of the Rhymes Like Dimes podcast. It's your boys again. Your it's boys. me, yeah, me. <laughs> Did you say your boys? Don't, <laughs> don't ever address to us as your boys, fam. I've been doing that since like episode 15. Like, come on, get to know. Anyway, it's your boys, Yemi, Peter, and Mo. Get me and Tottenham, say what? Get me rubbed in Tottenham, bro. What we're saying, your boys? Yeah, fam. All right, fair enough. I'm, I don't go to Tottenham, so that's fine. Um, and today we have a very special guest. We have a producer who has worked with the likes of Flohio, Slow Tie, Oscar World Peace, 808 Inc., and the list goes on and on. He is friend to the show now. He's one and only JD Reed. Yo, 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 guys, what we saying? What's going on, man? What's going on? Going on? Man. We need some like horns or like applause or something. Oh, when you guess that. You see just a round of applause, just like somewhere, right? I mean, I can add them in post production if you want. Uh, yeah, we've got to add some. I want some cheering or something, bro. Some what? Some cheering, like some cheering. (laughs) Hey, we can do that. Round of applause. (laughs) I'm gonna just say round of applause for JD Reed. Have a little pause, and then then there you go. I think that sounds good, man. Alright, cool, gentlemen. What we saying? We're good, man. God is good, innit? All the time. All the time. God is good. Good, good, good. We had a good week. Yeah, not bad, man. Busy, and yeah, just keeping, you know, keeping busy. That's it, really. Yeah. I had a great week. I saw Mo Gilligan this week. Oh yeah? Yeah, bruv. Like, I don't know how we got lucky. I got tickets to go see well, me and Chris got me tickets to go see Mo Gilligan in I don't remember where the area was, but he had a show called something something like in the works or something on the like, on the works or in the works or practice or some shit. So he's practicing for his next year, his tour. Mm. So literally we thought we was gonna go see him do like a twenty minute we only paid fifteen, sixteen pounds for it. We thought it was gonna be like a fifteen minute set and you go home. This guy had an hour set. Like he had a half an hour set, took a break, like 25 minutes set, took a break, had two comedians come on. They went off and then he literally had a 45 minute to an hour set of material. Was he good? And then had a Q&A. All for 16 pounds. So what, did they not advertise this? You just kind of... I don't know. I don't think it's... He doesn't put... I don't think he puts it on his Insta or anything. I feel like it's a... It's a website we bought it from called In The Creek. So I guess it's if you know, you know. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So we... One of... The, so me and one, one of my mates... Her mate went and then she told her about it. It was like, yo, he done a half an hour set, so if you're lucky, he might do the same thing. But we he ended up doing an hour set plus, and he also done a QA with us after. Sweet. So that yeah, was he's it, hilarious. Oh, he's, yeah. he's done. Was it fun. better than the Netflix special? Um because the Netflix special wasn't that good. I found the Netflix special hilarious. There were some funny bits in there. Yeah. There some funny bits in there, but yeah. generally I just like, ah. Yeah, it was mm. the day I found it funny. I found it, maybe it's because it's relatable, isn't it? 
Yeah, I feel like because these jokes are so related, yeah. I feel like because these jokes are so related. He had one whole thing in the show we went to where he was talking about. What was he talking about again? Shit. Well, he was talking about something and it was just mad relatable. And mm. I feel like it's different because we're so used to comedians in America and like comedians that are not from the ends. Mm. In, if they are from the UK, like say Lee Evans or something. So as much as it's relatable, it's not fully relatable. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Mo mm. Gilligan's the first comedian that's yeah, yeah. on that level. I want to say first. No, I'm saying on that level. But on the main, I'm saying on that level. Like Slim, Kojo bigger. You're crazy. Cold, this guy's bruv, this guy's well, Kojo are bigger than Mo Gilligan. Yo, Mo Gilligan no just done way, a world tour. Nah. Mo Gilligan's doing a world tour. Mo Gilligan's got a Netflix special, bro. Mo Gilligan got a world tour. Don't even put them in the hey, same. Man, I'm, yo, fam. I'm trying to back yo, my boy, man. Yo, nah, nah, nah. yo <laughs> shout out to Kojo. They're not even the same book. You're setting yourself, you're setting Kojo up for failure. Yeah, because they're not even the same book, fam. Like one is Champions League, the other is. Let's not do that. Let's not do that, bro. Let's not do that, bro. Barely scratching your Europa League. Are you crazy? Into Toto Cup. Is he even in the Premier League, fam? Into Toto Cup. Is he even in the Premier League, fam? Let's not do that. Oh, come on. Let's not do that. Come on, man. I mean, I've never been that big a fan, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, let's not even. I don't think you know what Mo Gilligan's doing madness right now, bro. Like, Netflix, the World Tour. I think he had three shows when he just got announced. He had three shows in London. It all got sold out the same day, and I added three more shows. Mm. Yeah, my on crack, but yeah, no, nah, just wanted to say, <laughs> like, no, nah, it was what he done was epic. JD, how was your week? I don't have nothing. My week was good, bro. I just um, I was in studio Monday through to Friday, mm. just trying to get it in, bro. Just working, man. Yeah, you never stop working, man. Pretty much. Pretty much, man. <laughs> Flipping on. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, how was your week? Thank you. Just in case. Because <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't going to lie to you. I was, was, I was like, anticipating that. A bit of me was like, it'll be so funny if we just go, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Safe. Yeah, there's a running joke. They never ask me how I am. I always ask them how they right. are, but you know, they don't, they don't give me the same courtesy. You tough. Sorry, you tough. How was your week, bro? Thank you. Thank you, JD. <laughs> um, yeah, my week was cool. Um, All right, cool. So the topic, not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really do much, man. Yeah, well, there's probably going to be a fight on this podcast before <laughs> before the end of this one. But yeah, I didn't really do much, man. Um, I want to saw Blue Story midweek. Um, would you shout out to Hannah. Yeah, 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 it's really good. Uh, shout out to View. Is it back in there yet? Back in View. Right. Um, after that madness. That was all um, nonsense, though. Man. Yeah. Of course. No, I didn't nonsense. really understand them. Any excuse. Like, any excuse, man. Any excuse. Mm. Any excuse. But yeah, it's back now by popular demand. Um, yeah, it's a good film. Um, shout out to Ratman. Uh, shout out to everybody involved. Shout um, shout Hannah, Hannah as well, our friend, who shout is um, the main girl's best friend. So shout out to her. Played two two lines and all that stuff. So yeah, she did bits. Shout um, out to her. But other than that, it's been a normal week, really. Ready to do some podding, man. Yeah, man, let's do it. Mm, yeah, man, hundred percent. So yeah, JD, thank you for coming through. Of course, um, bro. Yeah, man. I guess we want to start with getting into who you are. Who am I? And how to get into music? <laughs> Such a philosophical it, question. It is, man. man. <laughs> it is. It is. But sometimes you gotta ask them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a music producer. Born in London. Been doing this for a minute now. How many years has it been now? Since I've been actively like trying to do this as like a job, I would say about seven seven years, but actually making music, touching about 15 now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I like, started secondary school, just trying to basically make beats for like the gram MCs mm. and ends in the school, trying to come up that sort of way. Like my cousin gave me some uh, music production software like really early on, uh, Cubase he was using, gave me a copy of that, just started like chopping up audio at home, trying to just figure out like the real basics of it. And then just over time, like what was just kind of fun became more of like an everyday sort of thing that yeah. like I'll come back from school and I'll either be playing PlayStation or straight to my PC, like making beats and shit, man. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
yeah, that's kind of just been, since I started at 15, that's just what I've been doing. Who were some of the MCs you were making beats for at first? Literally, it was just like the boys in my year mm. and like trying to then work from the MCs in my year to the MCs a couple years yeah, above yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And then like the MCs who were like from ends, not in the school, but like just local ones that was doing their thing as well. I don't think it'd be anybody if I named them now that people <laughs> would know, but... Yeah. They, were, they were somebody back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So that must have been like such an amazing experience at the time, like starting out and then, you know, just handing beats over to like people that you knew and stuff and obviously growing into a career as well. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm quite lucky in a way that I've managed to now turn it into something that I can actually be doing as my job. Because yeah. obviously there's so many people that love music with a passion and they want to be in it. But like... I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of talented people, but then sometimes it is a case of, you know, things falling into place the right way, which can allow you to actually do this thing properly. When did it start for you to fall in place? I think I kind of, I kind of always made decisions. After I finished school, I was always trying to like put myself in places like either work-wise or alongside people where I thought that it was going to be a way that was going to help me actually be able to do music. So like, obviously I finished school, then I did music tech in college. Then after that, I went to uni and did music technology as well. Kind of buying myself time to like, get better at what I was doing. Yeah. Meeting people at uni that were interested in the same things. Then when I left uni, I was like, okay, I don't just want to like, go into trying to do an office job now. I've been thinking about this for so long. So like I went traveling for three months and I came back and then I tried to find like internships and studios. So I was training actually to be like a, an assistant uh, recording engineer. Mm. When I came back, I was working at this, uh, under this studio chain called Moloko and they've like got studios all over London. Ended up at this place called Assault and Battery in Wilsdon, which was like more of a sort of like band based studio. They did a lot of like indie music there, like world music. Um, but the two guys that were basically the main mix engineers there and producers were these guys called uh, Flood and Alan Mulder. And like, one of them was famous for like doing a lot of the U2 stuff. And the other guy was like Nine Inch Nails. Mm. Now for me, these, these are artists like that I know of, but like, I didn't know, yeah, I didn't really know yeah, the music yeah. like that. So it was sick. Like I was learning about a whole nother side of, mm. of music. But like I was there for a while training to be an engineer and after a while it was like, okay, I feel like I'm spending so much time learning how to help other people create that I'm not getting enough time yeah. to like focus on this myself. Yeah. So I left there and then... So at the time, like, were you balancing that with making beats or was it just slowly... Like, slowly I mean, on? when I was coming home after a day being there, yeah, I was trying to make stuff, but I'd say at that time my, like, my productivity had definitely slowed down. But like prior to me actually starting working there, after I'd been traveling, I came back, I put a project out with some MCs that I met, like Piff Gang, mm. um, another rapper, it's Nate. Uh, and yeah, I was doing quite a bit with them at that time. So I'm jumping like back and forth now, mm. all over the place. <laughs> it's like, it's a while ago, so I'm yeah, just trying yeah, to piece yeah. it all together <laughs> in my mind. But I was doing my thing with them, but obviously I needed to make peas as well. So yeah. that was me working at the studio. Then yeah, I left there and then I started working at Rinse FM 
as like a broadcast assistant. Shout out Lily Mercer, actually, because I met her through working with uh, the Piff Gang guys, and then she actually brought me in and got me a job there. Oh. So as a result of me then working there, I was surrounded by like loads of just sick yeah. music people, DJs, producers. There was always different people coming through. And I never really like pushed my music onto people there. I wasn't like screaming, oh, I'm a producer, like, yeah, let, yeah, me, yeah, yeah. let me play you this mm-hmm. and play you that. Yeah. But over time, people, you know, you get to know people, they ask you like, okay, you work here, but like, you, do? you know, you start to learn about the person. What was the reason for not kind of telling people more about? It's just, music? I've never really been the kind of person to like scream about mm-hmm. what I do. I'd rather that like, I just did it well and people found it. Yeah. Organically, yeah. Yeah. Like, and also in my mind, I was there. Like, I'm working in it. It's not. I'm not meant to be here to be like trying to sell myself. Yeah. You know, but um, I did quite a lot of work on Plastician Show. There. One day he was just like recording a a pre-record in the room next door, and I was like, I feel like this guy is going to be someone who's going to understand the music that I'm making right now, probably more than a lot of other people in this building. So I just gave him a few beats, which then turned into him saying, oh, do you want to do a release on my label? So it's like, just, this is what I mean when I say that. I've been fortunate in the way that things just kind of... Fell into place. Have fallen into place, yeah. Yeah, shout out Plastician. Yeah, shout out Plastician, man. Like, I feel like without that actual project being released with him, the first thing I did with him, possibly many things that have happened since then might not have been... The way they were. Yeah. Like, yeah, I always put the work in, try to be like the best I can be when it comes to creating. But, you know, sometimes you need those people along the way that yeah. give you a bring in or like intro you to this person yeah. or just, just help out, you know? Yeah. I think that's in, that's across life, you yeah, know? Yeah. That's just how it it's goes not just like music, but yeah, shout out Plastician. 100%. And now you just, you just never stop working, man. And you found yourself at a time where like you're just working with so many up and coming exciting artists as well. Like, and you're kind of at the pulse of what's like, Dope musically, I feel like. What does it feel like to be in a part of like such an up and coming like dope scene? It's sick, man. Like, I've it's in the past few years, especially. I feel like a lot of the people that I started working with, I guess, quite early on in their thing, have now like grown into like actually quite big artists mm. from the UK. Um, like who? I could say like Koji, Slow Tie. Mm. Yeah. Uh, 808 Inc, Mabel, yeah. like all these these people that I've come into contact with, it's just, it's a very nice feeling to see a group of people that you actually like and you know yeah, are talented yeah, yeah, yeah. getting where they aim to get to. Mm-hmm. Like that is a really nice feeling, man. And you're part of their journey as well, man. 100%. It's amazing to be a part of it, bro. So they probably yeah. feel the same way about you as well and seeing your growth. And I would hope so, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope so. Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, that's the work with them, so it's all good. Yeah. yeah. What were like your first or the earliest like influences as far as your style of production um i guess i always was a huge fan of pharrell timberland and then when it when i first like started putting out music myself like the more instrumental based stuff i was like really into fly low like flying lotus was probably the the third like the third big influence producer was that like that was kind of my thing of my way of seeing you can just do instrumental music and it can be 
like a thing. I know people have obviously put out instrumental music in like mm-hmm. drum and bass, garage, whatever, dance music in general. But like with him, that was like something, yeah, it was, yeah. It was mad inspirational to me. Yeah. Flylo was like so like, it's not just rap, it's like so much more than that. So I can get. Yeah, it's very pull, eclectic. Yeah, it touches you can pull, every type you of can pull a lot yeah. from Flylo, 100%. Yeah. So who are like some of your, if you had to name your top five favorite rappers, who would they be? Buster Rhymes. Okay, strong start. I need to say that. <laughs> Jay Z. Yeah. Uh, Kendrick. Okay. I'm just trying to make sure I get this right. See, this is just five of them. I'm trying to think about like who were the ones when I was growing up that I really. I wouldn't say uh, not so much now, but back like in the earlier days, influence wise, I say Ludacris was one. Mm-hmm. And then a fifth. It's hard to narrow it down, though, isn't it? Top it five, is top fives are always difficult, man. Because it's like. There's a there's so many across yeah. like how do you pick five like yeah. oh, God knows how many rappers you've probably taken in yeah we still gonna want to answer though and then oh, also God, off the top of the head as well yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah probably to the prep you innit? it yeah we still gonna want to answer bro <laughs> hey yeah. man give me like I have one for you. But why? But why those rappers in particular, like individually, like why Buster, why Jay, why all those guys? I think with the ones I mentioned there is like for me when I first started listening to like rap music, I was actually quite young. Probably, like, the first rap album that I really, like, listened to was When Disaster Strikes by Buster Rhymes. Mm, yeah. That came out in, like, 96, 97, maybe. Something like that. Like, my mom got me that CD. Mm. Probably shouldn't have been listening to that at that age. <laughs> but, like, I wasn't really taking in what he was saying so much at that time. But the voice and the flow was, like, the things that instantly grabbed me. So, I think with... All of those guys from very early on, it was like beat selection, the voices grabbed me, the flows. And then obviously like with someone like Jay-Z, mm. it's just bars <laughs> story as well. Kendrick is obviously a newer addition to the whole thing, but he's just a G man. I love mm. his music. So. Yeah. He'll be number one. Okay. Kendrick, when it's all said and done. You think so? Yeah. Mm. Give me two more and I'm good. I think he needs one more, but that's yeah, just me. I think give me give me two more classic albums. Even two more good could, could Matisse. Or or damn. Or, or any of them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or any of them. Give me two more. He's the best that's ever done it. For me, I just don't see him overtaking Jay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> musically, musically, I think so. You don't think so? Impact wise, oh. probably no. As far as greatness, because I think being the best at something is different from like. I think you I think I've it's all said and done here with him. Greatest that's ever done. I, I don't see him being greater than Jay. I'm saying when it's all said and done, though. Like I think when, we'll when better, both of their, we'll have a better catalog. When both of their careers are done, 2055. Kendrick's the nicest. 2055. You might be right about that. Yeah, I think he will be, man. I think Kendrick has what? not missed. By yet. the time he's done, Kendrick like, is definitely Kendrick hasn't have a missed catalog. yet. We can safely say that Jay Z's missed a couple times. Kingdom Come. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe once. Kingdom Come. I don't know any others to be honest. That he's um, missed on. Completely missed. Yeah. Uh, Kingdom Come Fraud. I day. don't even feel like best it's Oh, the best of both worlds. I don't, I don't feel <laughs> like it's a fair worlds. comparison. You know what? Sorry, the, let the me best say of both Kanye is my fifth. Kanye. Kanye is my fifth. I just can't add Kanye my watch because of the ghostwriting thing. Yeah, why'd you add him to your fifth? Because of like the early stuff, man. Mm. Really. Through to now, yeah. I know maybe he doesn't write so much now all of every single bar 
but I know the ideas, Capable. the punchlines is his. No, he's a genius. He's and uh, yeah, across the board of like making the beats, the production, the yes. albums, the quality of mm. the projects. Yeah. Kanye will come back. Yeah, well, yeah, I think he's always had the lyrical ideas. He's just needed someone to refine them, fine tune them. Now you can clearly see that he's the only one who's that's actually fine tuning his bars. It shows. But back in the day, <laughs> shout lyrically, to I mean, yeah, you could definitely make a shout out for him. Especially on like um my beautiful Doctors of Fantasy. He's like saying some of the best bars going crazy. of his life. I listened no, no, back no. to that album again last week, it was like was the ten years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you listen back to it, you realise how sick. Yeah. Like obviously we know it's sick. That, but listening back is like raw, that yeah. is actually a serious. That, that album. album I think if we do a decade show, that album. Yeah, facts. That album's that album's number one for me. And obviously, as a producer, special. you pick up that a lot of different the, things. The as best well. album yeah. that's come out in the last ten years for me. Say that again. That album's the best that's come out in the last ten years. Dark Twisted Fantasy was on another planet. I wouldn't argue yeah. that. That's what yeah. it was. I'm it's on that. another. Oh, what? And it came out at the top end of the. Of that's decade. why if we have a decade yeah. show, that's number. That album's on another. Oof. Yeah, it's crazy. Hundred percent, man. I don't feel satisfied with my with me saying ludicrous either. Why? <laughs> Now, I'll be honest with you, bro. I agree with you, fam. Nah, Ludacris had an era, though. These don't tell you how I feel about Ludacris, bro. Like, nah, man. Ludacris he's always been a borrower to me. Though, hey, like, bro, throw Ludacris. He's always made like, good albums. So I'm, I'm, I can't I even name two Ludacris albums for you, fam. He's from that, like, Buster yeah. Rhymes, Redman. I promise you, yeah. I, I rate him. I've always I rated him. Like, and I'm not a Ludacris fan. That's crazy that you're not, not a Ludacris fan. Well, shoot me for that, I'm fam. not surprised, though. Why are you not surprised? Because of the type of music that you listen to and the type of rappers you like. I'm not a Ludacris. I was never a Ludacris fan. I can see that. Like, Ludacris is very. You know who I like? I like Taj. You know who Taj is? That's who Luda plays in Fast and Furious. <laughs> See? Like, why do you always do that? <laughs> why you can't just respond? Like, like, leave me alone, man. No, bro. What's your, what's your issue, bro? That's who I like. Taj, I love. Anyway, Luda. Ludacris- no, no, quickly. Because he's, he's amazing in Fast and Furious. But Ludacris the rapper? Yeah, keep him to yourself. So, uh, <laughs> after this guy just named him in the top five, he didn't say that. Fact. This guy, man. No, he said, he, said, he said he feels away about it. So that's why I could probably change it. Yeah. But that's just sentiment, isn't it? Yeah, it's not like a... That's why I'm like, it's not really a good reflection of like, now I'm like, okay, he's not really, yeah. he's not in my top I'm gonna five. I'm going to ask him, yeah, I've yeah, got yeah, a question. Right. Just, from your top five, there's just a generic, I feel like Biggie and Puck is always in people's top five. One of the two. Is there a reason why you don't include either one? I mean, yeah, Biggie could probably replace Ludacris easily. Now you say that. But they just didn't come <laughs> straight, to, yeah, like, straight to my mind. Those are the two that I feel like is in, whenever you hear top five, nine times out of 10, you hear those. Yeah, two I should have said Biggie instead of Ludo because that's actually more realistic. I feel you. Or Puck ahead of Biggie. That's a, that, yeah, what obviously. Come on. See, that's, a strong, that's a strong five. And as far as like your own music and like projects go, like what are like some of your plans for like the next year or so? Uh, I want to make an album now. I put, out, I put out the mixtape uh, last year. I planned on having more of an idea of what this album was going to be now. I have more of an idea now, but um, I'm taking my time with it. So I'm going to keep producing for other people and yeah, just work on my, yeah, my album alongside that. Mm. So you haven't started it at all? Well, I've got ideas for it, but it's still in the, in the piecing it together stages right now. Like I've got a lot of influences and a lot of ideas for it. So it's kind of something I want to take time to refine and make sure. Uh, I'm doing it properly rather than just trying to rush a project out because I've got a lot of beats and a lot of music. Yeah, and the album is like, so it's your debut, it'll be your debut as yeah. well, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to be yeah. perfect in a sense. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what perfect. I want it to be, man. There's no rush at all, man. It's like, let's take your time, and you know. You see, you say that though, but right now in general, I mm. feel like in music, they're kind of, there is a weird rush to like, 
always have something for people. Mm. People are impatient, and you know, music comes and goes quick. So it's like, true. Should you just be dropping stuff all the time, or should you be waiting a long time? It's like if maybe there's no one actually saying it, but mm. it feels like there's more pressure to do stuff quickly now mm. than maybe there was before. But well, I mean, like, your your work is already out there because of all the artists you work with. So technically, you're working still. You I'm lucky I'm that yeah, I'm good that it's rolling like that. Yeah. But I feel like for yeah, for my own project, yeah. like music released as JD Reed is mm. like. Should I be putting out more? Maybe, but I don't want to just rush it mm. and not be as happy as I should be with. Mm. Well, I feel like out. producers get a little bit more leeway with that though, because obviously they're not like rappers or singers, so the pressure might not be there as much visibly. Mm. But it's interesting that you say that you're. Like, maybe it's more something that I put on myself more than anything yeah, else. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll be here patiently waiting anyway. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to it yet, listen to his mixtape tree they released last year's dope so yeah let's get into the first topic after all that bro um, <laughs> after all that after all that we're gonna get into the first topic so uh yeah i guess first of all i wanted to get into our top five producers because this is kind of like as jd's here he is a producer we kind of wanted to frame it around the idea this episode around production the art of production producers at large so i guess i wanted to start off with us naming individually our top five producers. So you're looking at me like you want me to go first. No, no, no. I, I'll, I'll go first <laughs> if you want. I'll go first if you want. I don't mind going first. Um, right, go ahead then. I've got well, Kanye's my favorite producer of all time. So he's number one. Um, the rest are in no order. I've got Dilla. I've got Madlib. I've got Pharrell. And I think that last one goes to Ninth Wonder. Oh, it's definitely going to Ninth Wonder. Um, yeah, Kanye, man. Like I think when he came into the game particularly at that time um there wasn't but he's his style people know him for like you know the soul samples and um that that type of production and i think when he came into the game there wasn't much of that so when he when um i think when he was i think his first one of his first major spots was on jay-z blueprint um so when he did that i feel like he kind of just shifted the sound in hip-hop around that time as well um and because i was very young i think i was very impressionable especially around that time when blueprint came out so I was soaking in a lot of it and I just remember that being like very, that sound being very prominent within my secondary school years. Was that secondary school? Maybe early secondary school, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and yeah, it's just a sound that like just fills me. That soul sample. I love soul music. You know, you might know how I feel about my soul music. So like, there's just a feeling that his production, <laughs> shut up. There's <laughs> always, there's just that feeling that like just soul sampled production gives me, like it just gives me that, that warmth and just that good feeling. And I feel like Kanye's production Early Kanye did that for me. I, I won't say why for the rest, but yeah, man. That's, that's my top five. Do you? Mohammed? You can go next. Oh, you want me to go next? I want to hear yours. Okay, cool. So my first one is Madlib. Mainly because I just love his, I just love how diverse he is. Like, he's not just a rap producer. He is a jazz producer. He's a jazz musician. He does rock albums. He'll do Indian albums. He'll do African albums. He'll do Brazilian albums. He'll do reggae albums. He's very versatile and not a lot of people give him his props because he's just quiet. He's elusive. He doesn't really talk too tough about himself or how he like goes about. He just goes about very, very quietly. So I just feel like he's been one of the most consistent producers since he came out. He's been out since like the early 90s. Obviously, he's responsible for, for albums like Mad Villainy, um, Bandana, Pinata. He's offered production to pretty much anybody who's anybody like in, in the rap game. Um, and yeah, man, he came into my life like quite early on. I was like maybe 
15, 16, listening to Mad Villainy for the first time and just loving everything about it. And I've just stayed on the Mad Lib train since then. So, yeah, I feel like he's got a beat for everybody. And it's mad that he's actually sitting on loads of stuff that probably won't ever come out that's just amazing. And that, to me, just speaks to like how talented the guy is. And yeah, that's pretty much me for him. Um, and then I've got, in no particular order, I've got Kanye. Um, I've got RZA. I've got um, Q-Tip. So I'm a big Trav Cool Quest fan, so Q-Tip's got to be in there. And I've also got Primo. Shout Primo. Out to Primo. Yeah, shout that's me. And yeah, shout out to Primo, man. Um, so yeah, Primo, because I'm just a big fan of like 90s boom bap rap, and he is the living embodiment of that. Um, so you know what to expect when you get in a Primo beat, and it mm. always slaps. Um, Kanye, because that's my favorite artist ever. Um, artist. And yeah, man, he can do no wrong production wise, even when like the lyrics and all that stuff might not necessarily be as good. Um, he's always going to have like a great production here or there because he's got such a great ear for, for sounds. Um, Rizza, because his run from when the Wu-Tang came out to about 97 with their second album is probably one of the best ever. Um, I love that basement feel. I love that rawness. Um, and even when he kind of shifted from that to more like grand sounds, like, yeah, man, he just did it really well, I think. Um, wow. And Q-Tip because, yeah, man, just... He's got flavor, man. He's got flavor. Bin had flavor. Um, and yeah, man, that's just my guy, basically. So yeah. Flavor. Flavor. He's got flavor. Mm. He's got flavor. <laughs> Sounds old school references here. Well, like the Craig David song. Huh? I said, what's your flavor? I'm sorry, man. Anyway, JD, what were you? Uh, well, three of them I mentioned already. Mm. I'll say the Neptunes, though. Those oh, that's what I was going to say as well. They're on chat. They come well, yeah. as a pair, you know. Uh, Timberland. Fly Low, Kanye, and Dillo. I think that's my five. Mm. All right. It's a familiar five, but yeah. nobody can deny any of those. Yeah. Nope. Nah, <laughs> so, not, at you know. not at all. They all had runs in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man. I think Timberland but, should be like spoken about a bit more. And I, yeah, let me say my top five, because... He's in mind, so I want to give him my It's all, like, all of them have made music that, like, for me personally, yeah, the beats slap, but it's, like, music with feeling in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Beats that uh, can take you on a journey, make you feel something. Mm -hmm. It's music that, like, you can associate with hearing that shit for the first time at a certain place like that. The feeling don't leave you Mm -hmm. with all of them. Like, certain albums that each of them have worked on, and, yeah. Yeah, it's... uh, all of their music has like left a real mark on me mm. and inspired me. So, do you find yourself taking like bits of their styles and? Ah, oh, de- I feel like definitely, man. Yeah. Like my my production is pretty much, I would say, like me taking influence from the parts I love about other areas of music and putting it in my own way. If that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting your screen to it. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. Strong list. Mohammed? Um, I feel like we said majority of it already. I've got one more that I might add. So I feel like the, the greatest is Kanye. So he's, well, Kanye before 2018. Um, <laughs> before MAGA. Before <laughs> that whole Mickey. Say before all that Mickey America great again. I mean, he still makes good beats. And before he gave me that Nas album. So Kanye. 
The beats were good on you that. You're writing off the whole thing. The, the, whole, the Nas album. What, Kanye's one? Yeah. I hate that album, bro. <laughs> oh my God, I hate that album. Cop shot the kid. Oh, I'm bro. saying, bro. Like, I'm come saying, on, man. The beat was crazy. Hey, bro, the beat is so, mad. I'm sorry, All the beats on that album. The I like the one as well. If I had everything. Yeah, exactly, man. He was good as well. That just showed, that proved to me that he still got it. That album. They approved me. Nothing. His last yeah. album too. You need to uh, listen again. I'm not on that team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you need to listen again, man. Yo, where did we find Mohammed? Yo, fam, I don't know. Tottenham. Was he last album? Jesus? You don't like the new album either? Uh, nah, 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 nah. I did. You know what's crazy? At first I was like, it's, it's all right. And then I went back to it. And it's like, nah. But you know what it is? I feel like Kanye as a person has now, I've invested in him as a person. Mm. And I feel like I'm listening to him with with that yeah, yeah, yeah like I already know I'm going into it not liking it whereas you remember Kanye before was whatever he does you've got a bias one way or another mm. but I can't and I just, maybe that's how because now when I listen to it it's like I don't like you yeah so it's I hard read, to separate the two separate, exactly yeah. so maybe because whenever when I tell Yemi this, when I was acting Yemi I don't like the Nas album I don't like the last one he's same reaction self are you listening to it it's like <laughs> yeah but it's just like, no you're not I still believe you're not. No, that's what I'm saying. Enough. I think it might be just because I, him as a person, I really don't fuck with. But anyway, I feel like he's the greatest ever when it comes to production. I feel like he's an alien. Like he's broken. Um, the Neptunes, I was going to say, I was going to put Timbo there as well. I was going to put Ninth Wonder there as well. Um, the Fifth, I was going to put just because it meant so much to me. Was mad enough. I'm joking. I'm mad enough. I don't care about him. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I was joking. To be fair, even now, if one is surprised. I was joking. Bro. You think I care about MF Doom, fam? You better throw that. Come on, fam. Okay, stupid, yeah, we're going to fight. We're stupid mask, fam. Yeah, we're going yeah, to fight. <laughs> What's the MF Doom Mad Lib album called? Bro, Mad Lib. Mad Villain. Mad Villainy. Mad Villainy. <laughs> Can you just name your the, fifth, please? Can you, stop, can you stop? Can you stop? Can you stop? Anyway, the fifth year gave me Exhibit C, so my fifth is going to be Just Blaze. Mm. Uh, yeah, okay. Because I feel like you guys know the kind of music I listen to. Mm. and if you the kind of music I listen to I feel like if you just give me a list of my top 20 songs that I like Just Blaze will have at least seven of them yeah. just me as a person I really fuck with Just like he's got some and I don't even know how many Jay-Z songs Just Blaze got like it's a ridiculous amount that yeah. he's done for just Jay-Z and then when he's got I feel like Exhibit C's maybe production for Exhibit C's on another level mm. so I've, Just Blaze is definitely in my top five man I've always I've kind of always put him there and I feel like I grew up in his music and I really, I feel like he's underrated, which is crazy, because his run has been stupid. Like he's been making beats for since the nineties, so he's dumb. He's had a dumb long career. Mm. So yeah, Just Blaze is always my fifth. Like he's always gonna be top five. And yeah, I feel he's like been consistent for time. Yeah, and I feel like Tim was all we need to give him is respect, man. Like I feel like sometimes he gets overlooked. Yeah, it depends on who you're asking. I think hip hop heads don't overlook him. The same thing with Just Just Blaze. If you ask, maybe a wider audience then. I feel like Just Blaze definitely gets overlooked, even by hip hop heads. I'm surprised none of you said Dre. <sighs> same reason, yeah. same same reason with Ghostwriter, bro. I heard a few stories about Dre, and but then the same could be said for probably Timberland as well. Like you think about all the the Nelly Furtado time, the Justin Timberlake stuff. A lot of it was danger as well, but obviously Timberland still has his the idea hands is, over yeah, everything yeah, yeah, the same way Dre would have. And it I, seems like that's a thing in like producing as well. Like even like Puff, like Puff Daddy, like he um. I think he didn't actually touch any of the buttons, but he would be like, yo, you do that, you do that. That's a form of producing. Mm-hmm. So but then as they, a produ- they should maybe still be mentioned. And maybe Dre should be given a bit more respect. As a producer though, when you hear they don't actually, are not hands-on with it, do you look at them differently? But I would say that at one point, the earlier days, yeah, they was definitely making beats as well. And I feel like if you're in the room and you're able to piece together like... A piece of music with it's like if you produce a band and you've got five musicians 
and you bring them together and piece this this piece of music together like that is production yes yeah, mm. that is creating creating something that you don't have to be pushing the buttons to be producing yeah like if if i wanted like a crazy piano solo in a song that i made and i'm not able to play it i'm gonna bring the oh, yeah, keys player in and dictate to him how i'd like it to be mm. to come across you know so what do you think is the greatest skill though beat making or like producing in a sense I feel like there's obviously there's an art to being able to make a sick beat, but there's also an art to being able to get the right combination of people in a room together and creating something special as well. So, you know, they both, they both stand for me. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. With with Dre, I just quickly, I just want to say something. JD made an amazing point, so I want to take Knife out, but doesn't drain my top five. You're not going to continue. I wondered why Knife was in your top five anyway. Because <laughs> hey, I respect the legend, bruv. But just I didn't even think you never made Also, that, that's another question I was going to ask. It's, it's a couple of you said Knife, right? Yeah. What What is it? Like, obviously, Knife has got sick beats, but like, what is it that puts him in your top five? Um, for me, um, similar to Kanye with the style of production and just how well he's able to flip the samples I think for people that are really into like samples because mm-hmm. I'm into like 60s and 70s music um, particularly soul type music um, I, I love that sample sound mm-hmm. so just hearing the samples that he's using and how he's flipped it and made a hip hop track out of it it's just like rah, there's not many people that do it as well as him and Kanye to me I think that's why I've got it got him in there and then on top of that his consistency mm-hmm. um, he's been active since I think the first Little Brother album was like early 2000s and like we're in 2019 and he's still fairly prominent within hip-hop so yeah consistency is a big thing for me man i think whomever i'm judging whatever field whether it's football music whatever consistency like performing at a high level for a period of time is important for me yeah and i think that's why i've got ninth in there got you well you don't think he's in there no i just i was wondered i was thinking are you basing it off like songs that you love that he's produced or this just the skill that he yeah, has yeah. for being able to create a beat the way that he does i think even that's probably going to lead into the next topic because like i think there are people that i've spoken to that don't feel like there's much skill with chopping samples mm. so, so i want to <laughs> save that in it but you had knife in your top five and they was with Jay, yeah because yeah. i didn't look at it like the way jd broke it down i just thought if you have people helping you it's different but I get what you're saying. That if you can't play the piano, you get someone to play the piano the way you want it to play the piano. You're still producing. But with Dre, though, I think the criticism comes where we don't even know if he's telling people to be like, yo, you do that, you do that. You think they're just doing that? I think he might just be doing the more mixing and engineering and then putting his name on it, which is where the criticism comes in and why mm. some people may not throw him in there. Because it's not his idea at all. Yeah, and I think it's more the younger people that don't put him in there. I think the old heads would be like, yo, Dre's in there because yeah. of NWA and all the people that, you know, death row and all that. But Eminem. for us, man, that are a bit younger, we might look at him a bit differently. But for a producer, you might hear something that we don't. So there might be a reason why he might be mentioned or should be mentioned to you, but maybe not to others. Yeah. I, I, I think objectively he's top five, 100%. Um, it just goes down to personal preference. I think he definitely had a lot to do with like shaping the West Coast and that, you know, it's not something to sleep on. Um, my top five... Are just more personal to me. Um, I can respect 
Let's <laughs> fight in the mic. Sorry. I can re- yeah. <laughs> I can respect Dre's like catalog and his history and his production skills. Would I put him in my top five? He's pro- he'd be in my top 10. Mm. Not top five. Though. Is Kanye number one for everyone here? He's my not, favorite. I'm not going to say he's the best though. I think he's the best. Neptune's for me. The best? Yeah. He's number mm. one for me. The best. He's Be- up there. Beat make. I think producing, he's probably one of the best. Beat making. Now I'm just talking about producing. Um, but two, they're two different things though, bro. There you know. I'm saying. Yeah, so just producing. producing, he's up there. I don't know if he's the best though. Objectively, I don't know if he's the best. He's my favorite though. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I think producer, he definitely got, he's definitely got a case. Top three, I'd probably say. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put him on top. Number one though. I don't know, man. But, hey, I guess we'll see. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Very eclectic top fives. So yeah, we'll just move on to the next topic. Obviously, you wanted to talk about Yeah, the sampling. art of sampling, man. I had this, um, <coughs> had a, a heated debate. I wouldn't even call it heated, but it was a, a debate with Rich some time ago. Um, and we were talking about Kanye actually and just like sampling. And he's, he was arguing like, his favorite is Timberland. So he was like, yo, why is Timberland not mentioned more? He doesn't sample. He makes his beats from scratch. That's that that deserves way more respect than someone that just takes a sample and then chops it and then like makes a song out of it. So that's why I wanted it to for us to discuss it. Like, how do you man feel about Timberland? Definitely samples though. Huh? Timberland well, definitely Tim, samples. I think I don't know if he samples as much as he creates his beats from scratch. I'm just thinking about all the like. Indian flutes and like strings across all Ah, that. yeah, Indian flute, yeah. yeah. Magoo. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you say Magoo? Because yeah, he's on that too. If you ever mention Magoo again, bruv. Um, I think, <laughs> I, I, I think <laughs> like with sampling, some of it is obvious. Like you can take like a soul sample, stick it on you, your, your tune, loop it. That's a sample. Some might not necessarily be as noticeable. So mm. as JD's saying, Indian flutes, this, that, and the other. Those things that might not necessarily be as decipherable. So I guess it depends on the nature of sampling. Mm. I think there is definitely a skill in knowing what bits of a song you want to sample and make the focus and the object of your song and make it bang. Right? It's, all a, it's all a skill at the end of the day, whether mm. you're making it fresh from scratch without no sample or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm. I think Miss Mass Appeal, they do a YouTube um, series called Rhythm Roulette where they basically... It's a great series. It's a great series. Yeah. They basically take producers into record stores they blindfold them and they pick three random vinyls and they basically sample them and make a beat from it so even in that it's a skill because mm. you're looking at the actual process of them l- listening to the tune finding what they like mm-hmm. you know exporting it and then just chopping it up and then adding their own elements in so for for me that is just as important and just as skillful as any kind of from scratch um beat making and sampling has been part of hip hop from day one. So no, I, I agree with you, man. Um, I, I think there is an art to sampling, man. I don't think it's easy to, you know, kind of pick pick a pick a record um, and make another tune out of it from the original. I, I don't think that's easy at all because like you, there's still there's still an element of originality that comes with piecing it together in your head and how it may sound. Mm-hmm. So I definitely feel like um, sampling is a skill. Um, but just to pay devil's advocate, can you really respect a producer that only samples I don't, are there any producers that only sample seems a bit unbelievable in a sense how much did diddy sample i mean i think li- most of diddy's production was sampling. he literally just took 
songs. He didn't even remix them. He just took songs and slowed <laughs> them down. Well, and just that was it. Just let me take it, fam. But, you know, finding the loop is, that's an art in itself. Mm. Finding the good loop. Um, I was actually talking to Baju about this recently because he's like a soulful guy. Mm. Um, he, was, he was actually saying to me, you need to do a project where you just find samples and just use the loops. Mm. And he was saying he needs to do a project where he adds more onto the loops. So basically saying we do an opposite of like what each other would normally do. But yeah, um, just going back to that, there is like, yeah, there's definitely an art in like hearing an old song and choosing what is that, you know, that perfect, mm. that perfect four seconds in it that you loop up. Yeah, you got to have a really good ear for yeah, music. Yeah, you have to have amazing first, first of all, and like, again, you just got to have the foresight to know that this is what you want and this is how you, and, how, and know how you want to chop it, how you want it to sound and all that as well. Yeah. Like, JD, how much do you sample like in your music? I sample a lot, to be honest, like, but I try <clears throat> to sometimes make it more obvious that I've used a sample in it, but sometimes I'll just use something really short to just like use as basically a bed to build other ideas on top of. So quite often I'll start a beat with a sample, but I'll process it so much that it's not really noticeable mm. to what it was at the beginning. I find sometimes just starting something completely like blank, just loading up like a synth or whatever, I can just, you know, you just don't get inspired by doing that. So sometimes having a natural feel of something that you've just like, you know, warped or processed a little bit can bring out other ideas when you st first start creating. So it's not necessarily, well, it is the foundation to begin with, but it soon turns into something a little bit different. Yeah, it does. It's not always, for me, the the sample is not always the basis of like, this is the focus of the beat. This is the main mm. section of the beat. Unless obviously you find something that's just crazy. You know, like mm. this needs to be, yeah, mm. at the front of the beat. Yeah. How do you pick a record that you're going to sample? The way I've been doing it of recent is actually, I've got a mad playlist on Spotify mm. of like, just, yeah, crazy samples yeah. from like all over the world. Shout out Spotify because that is like, yeah, in recent years been my way of just finding like so much music that I probably wouldn't come across it if I went into a record shop. Mm. I still go to stores, especially when I go to like other countries, I always go to a record store and try buy like at least four or five records to bring back and and find stuff to sample from. But uh, Is it usually music from that country? Nah, not necessarily. It's just going into stores in, like around the world. You find just different stuff that you won't get going to the same ones in, mm. in London all the time. But uh, I, I'm, most of the time, I'm looking for like world music. Like I really like sampling stuff from Asia. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can definitely yeah. hear that in your tunes as well. That's what I'm looking for a lot of the time. Yeah. I've tried like with soul samples and stuff, but... I don't know. I actually find it more difficult to sample, yeah, like funk and soul tunes. Why so? I feel like sometimes maybe maybe my ear doesn't hear the loop in them as well mm. as it does in other genres. Mm. Or sometimes I feel like what I find or the sections that I might want to sample, they're already quite full. And I like to add quite a lot to the beat. Mm -hmm. 
but at the same time you don't want to overcrowd yeah. Yeah, the yeah, beat yeah. when you're making it so it's like I find if I can just get one line from an Asian record that's got like a, a koto in it or like just some weird like uh, kids chanting or like some strange percussion that's an easier base for me to build from than something that's already more full up yeah, yeah that makes sense yeah and I definitely from your own music rather than the music you produce for other people I feel like there might not necessarily be that much room for like a funk and soul sample because sometimes it is quite sparse. So mm -hmm. I definitely see what you're saying. Um, definitely makes a lot of sense. As opposed to that, I guess there are the artists that and the producers that literally just take a bit of a sample, loop it, and that's the beat. So in that sense, then is that maybe maybe they look they get looked down upon a little bit more because literally all they're doing is taking rather than adding to it in a sense. I think that's why like Ninth gets a bit of stick. Um, he, I think he's accused of that a lot. And I think also the software that he came up using, Fruity Loops, I think they've gotten onto him about that as well. Um, they, they just don't feel like he's as skillful as the other people that we consider to be great. Because he uses Fruity Loops? Partly because of that. And that's crazy though. And partly because of the fact that he doesn't, he just like, Picks a song, he picks a song, picks a record, and then just finds like an easy loop, and then makes a tune out of it. That's what the criticism have been. I disagree with that, but that's what I've heard. Mm. Mm. That yeah. seems a Streets. bit. That seems a bit ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like you're downplaying what is clearly like a difficult process. Yeah, like the actual art of producing. Like it's not easy. Like if any, if it was easy, anyone would do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So to to nullify his kind of like skill based on the software he uses is just people will say anything innit that's, that's crazy like, first of all they should go on Rhythm Roulette and watch his one yeah that yeah. flips those samples because no one can say nothing to him if Facts, they watch yeah. that Bro. also probably majority of tunes that they go to the club to mm. go to the club and listen to and dance to them trap tunes are made on free mm. so you know do you use free? no nah, I've never used free like that oh, wow. but people have said to me if you do your drums in free they just naturally hit harder I don't know. Interesting. I yeah, I'm going to learn to produce at some point. Right. Like, I don't know why you're laughing, but I'm being dead serious. No, but like, no, um, it's because you said it with a smile. That's why. <laughs> that's because he knows yeah, that he's going to get cooked if he says it. Wait, what did you, wait, what did you say? I want to learn to produce. Just for fun. We Not don't need like any more soul samples, bro. <laughs> um, but I've been advised to use um, Fruity Loops. I can't oh, remember so you've what seen the vest? Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Is it serious? Is, I'm serious. Um, for those Fruity Loops, and I can't remember the other program. Ableton, right? Ableton. That's, yeah. yeah. That's um, what I use. That's what you use. I used to use Logic, uh, but now I build most of my beats in Ableton, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, not looking, I'm not looking forward to your producing career, if I'm honest. But, bro, uh, when it bangs, yeah. I'm just saying. When what bangs? <laughs> when what bangs? production bangs, bro. All right, cool. When it bangs. <laughs> yeah, JD, you heard it here first. You might want to collab with him. I will do, bro. You got a producer name yet? Nah. All right, cool, cool, cool. We I like to use my name, innit? No, I don't. Well, Peter. Yeah. Nah, 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 That's nah, nah, nah. it. Come on, man. You need something. I'll never Peter Abiyade. I will never, that's, that's I will never pick up a production beat from but someone that's called Peter Abiyade, fam. You would. What? Are you going to have a tag? I don't know, man. I say Peter Abiyade. No, that's corny. I think that's a bit corny. What a tag? Well, like London on a beat or something. Uh, nah, some bang. Some bang. Really? Like yeah, what? like J5's one on the right track just sounds wavy to me, fam. Like when it's starting, you just hear J5 and you know it's going to be a madness. I don't know if I do that. I like it, bruv, because you know what it is also, if you're investing in the producer mm. and you hear his name at the start of it, mm. you're going to be investing in the song. Like if I hear a song and I hear J5 at the start of it, I'm going to hear the song. You already know what it is. That's you know what I mean? Because yeah. you've invested in him already. So like the tag I don't think is corny, I think it's 
you because you've invested in some producers if you hear J5 and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, it's not a little bit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, let me just sit up a little bit. Yeah, like, let me sit up a little bit and see what's going on here. And do you know what's crazy? I don't know if this is a fact, but he's the first London producer I can remember that's for me personally that I've had that affection towards. Really? Yeah, in the UK. I can't think of another UK producer I've had that affinity towards where if I've heard their name, I've been like, hang on, we've got one here. No, you I know what? Think, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. The tag yeah. definitely adds, man. Yeah, it does, not it? Like, yeah. it has to. Yeah. And he doesn't overdo it. Like, American producers overdo it. Like, they'll have their tag at least twice, maybe even three times throughout one song. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what I find corny. I think maybe overdoing it on a track. Not so much you having a signature, but just maybe... Yeah, the overdo... I can, if yeah. I hear it once at the start, I'm good. But I just feel like it's it's a smart thing if you're investing in the producing. It's like, mm. Plus, you know straight away they made a beat. Yeah. Because of J5's name being on some songs, I can reel off a list of songs he's produced. <coughs> and if his name wasn't there, I, would, I didn't know he'd done half... I wouldn't know he'd done some of NSG's songs if it wasn't him, mm. hearing him at the start of it. Well, to your point, we now live in a time, especially in the UK, where producers are more in the limelight, whereas before it wasn't as Yeah, much. I feel like it's a, I think there's a time, there's a I think JD can speak for it more now, but I feel like it's changing in the UK where now we're noticing producers more. Yeah, there's definitely I mean? more shine on us. But Why do you think that is? Maybe people are just actually more interested in like who actually makes the beats now. Maybe, I don't know, I find this like, I've been asked this before. I don't know. Maybe, maybe producers like with with the tags and things like that. You know, just maybe it's like a subconscious thing that people actually. Oh, like you said, this is a J five beat, so I want to I want to pay attention to this. So, if J five did that one, then he's making all these beats for for this artist that I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, facts. I definitely feel like those producers, especially nowadays, are taking more ownership of their work as well. So. I've spoken to people like Steel Bangles. He's he's very much a personality and an artist in his own right. And he very much mm. owns the fact that he's like who he is. It's people like J5 as well. So I definitely feel like it's a case where they're getting louder and yeah. they're just kind of like taking more ownership and more responsibility for what they're putting out. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I want people to know about the music that I've produced. Mm, yeah. like, if it comes out, I want, yeah, I want yeah, people yeah, to be yeah, aware. Yeah. I want the artist to say, yeah, I did this with JD or, you know. Yeah, it's, it's important to me. Also, it helps me grow and get to work with other people as well. Mm. You know, other artists here, a tune, uh, a tune by an artist that I've worked with, I've produced, then, you know, I'm more likely to be able to work with them as well. So. Is, it, is it a consumer's issue as well? Is it us as fans? Is it our fault that maybe the producer isn't propelled in the UK as they are in the States? Because in the States, I feel like a lot of the fans and the rappers in America that they like, help make the producers stars in this in a sense as well and help their name to ring a bit more whereas maybe as fans in the UK maybe we could do more because like someone like a Da Vinci I feel like for some of the shit that he was doing early 2000s man he mm. should like yeah he should like have some sort of like statue. legendary status statue. or something bruv statue. yeah man or, or even like Prince Rapid what are these statues going to go for? His, outside his house <laughs> the, but even, even, even like Prince Rapid like these are like just names that I remember from growing up that I just thought these men were incredible. Yeah, but in Grime well. though, people knew about who the producers were. I think it's kind of, it is kind of a genre thing as well. Because mm. you think about dance music in general, a lot of it's instrumental, you know all the producers mm. that are making that stuff, but maybe in the rap world or just where the focus is more on the, the artist on the song, maybe, when, you know, it's their song. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's where the, yeah, the producer isn't, 
perceived as yeah. so important to the fan. But to that though, I feel like those early days of grime, yeah, the grime scene knew about who the producers were and the grime fans knew who, who they were. But obviously it was still a small scene. Mm. It was still developing. So it wasn't necessarily known as much to a wider audience. But now as we've got number one singles, now we've got like chart topping albums and stuff mm. like that. Producers are going to share that wealth. Producers are going to share that bag anyway, mm. because the scene is opening up and more and more people, mm. fans and consumers are consuming those musics and are seeing who is actually behind the beat if they're trying to take an interest in it. So I definitely just feel like it's been a matter of growth with our scene to the mm. point where, okay, yeah, only a few people know about who this beat maker slash producer is, mm. but now it's kind of more widely known and people are kind of, producers especially, are kind of taking more ownership of that. Mm. So when you guys go on Spotify, I don't know if you actually use Spotify, but yeah. do you look at the credits now? Yeah. And try I to always have. Stuff? Yeah. I always have, man. I've always, I've always been interested in like the backstory behind songs, especially my favorite songs. I like to know like, who wrote what, what was sampled where, yeah. who played that instrument, like who helped on the track. I was always interested in I wonder in that. why you knew things. Guitarist or whoever you knew. <laughs> yeah, I've just always cared about it, man. I don't know, just like, it helps with the overall picture in my head of even where I place an artist. Like just knowing who they collaborate with and, you know, maybe I should look out for the person that maybe played that guitar. Yeah. And like, I don't know, I've just always been interested in it, So, yeah, I don't know, I've always cared about credits. Right. I do it just not to nowhere near to that level. Like if you really like the tune, you'll, yeah, like you'll I'll have a glance and just. <laughs> oh no, no, I'll stop at the producer. After producer, the guitarist, go away. <laughs> I'll look at the person and then I'll look at the producer and it's like. Right, we're but good. does that come from maybe my overindulgence in other genres? Yeah, yeah, music? yeah, exactly, exactly. Because right, cool. I feel like because you like all them all black guys, you're like you like knowing who helped them out. Right, yeah, Whereas with me, yeah. I'm good knowing the producer and the rapper. Okay. I don't know why that is because you're not really educated. Wow. I don't um, know where we go from here. <laughs> that was such a and What I mean talk. by that? What am I mean? No, you told me nothing by, by that. <laughs> no, what I mean by that is obviously you don't listen to the old black guys. So you're not as invested in... the older in, black guys. You, I didn't say the older. Fine, I said older. But you're not, yeah. you're not as invested in the instrumentation of things. How invested are you? I mean, I'm fairly interested. I'm fairly I feel invested. like you're in the middle of me and Peter. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in the middle. Um, I don't necessarily care to know, but you know, it's always nice to know who put what into what. Obviously, big fan of... of the producers as well so I'm always going to want to know who did the beat and obviously who rapped the raps as well so yeah I'm very much in the middle P I've got a quick question for you though yeah so if you see there's a guitarist that helped this guy out with a song mm. are you going to specifically check for what other songs he was involved in or um, he she was involved in yeah like if you I re- that delved into it yeah if I really enjoyed like what they did on the track that their contribution to it then 100% I think um, D'Angelo is like a perfect example isn't it like, I think the reason What's why, like, I mentioned, um, <laughs> the reason why, like, I mentioned Pino Palladino in the past is oh because... Is Pino um, Palladino? He's his bass player in his band. Right. But, like, the reason why I mentioned him in the past is because, like, I really enjoy his style of playing on the bass. So, and I just don't, I don't know, it's just very, very funky. So, it makes me want to, like, it helps me to gravitate more towards whatever else he does. I'm just like... You want to find other music that yeah. you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Like, he's, he's, he's you're, you're on, I don't know what a word is. I'm just a nerd, bro. Yeah, like that's, that's a great sick, word, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just care, like, I don't know, man. I just like getting to the crux of it. Like, how did this music come to be? Like, how did they do this? Like, so Pino Palladino's his bass player. Yeah, and he's sick too. So JD, as a producer, do you f- kind of have that same kind of like interest whenever you hear like a song that you really like from a producer you really like? Do you always kind of try and get into the head of how that beat was made and constructed? Or uh, in some, sometimes it will be like, you know, you just, 
you like the song, you just appreciate the song. Um, if there was stuff in it that really stood out to me, then yeah, I'd, I'd probably delve deeper and try and find out like you know who who played the drums on that or who you know who was that musician that stood out on that track to me. It's not something that I do all the time, but I think in terms of creating music at the moment, there's definitely like certain musicians who I know I would go to for a certain thing. Like there's a specific uh, specific guitarist that I work with at the moment, and like I know if I wanted a crazy key solo or something, I I have an idea of who I would ask to play on it. You know. Okay. Oh, fair enough. So, what's your like creative process like? Generally, how do you go about making your beats? Um, I sit down at the computer with a cup of tea. <laughs> and one. How many sugars? Um, one sugar. Oh, cool. I'm trying to get down to zero, but yeah. I'm on one at the moment. Um, White or brown sugar? Brown. Oh, yeah, well yeah, You're yeah, way better than me, man. How many sugars you on, bro? I'm on a level. I'm on like three. Tea water. Is it? I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. I'm on. Is it white sugar? White sugar. Might as well just drink sugar water, bro. Just drink sugar water. Bro, come on, man. No, legit. I'm. I'm. I'm free on. But even I'm with free on brown sugars. But even on tea with no sugar, it's trash. But even like I get hot chocolate on the eggs. Even my hot chocolate from Starbucks, I've put. Two free sugars in there too. Oh, yeah, you're, you're mad for that. You're wild. <laughs> I swear, like, like, people at work will tell you. I like, was with you on the free sugars, and then you went like, to free sugars in the hot no, chocolate. No, like every morning I'll go to Starbucks, get hot chocolate, put two sugars in there. <laughs> free if no, I'm fancy. No, no, no. You just said free, and now you're saying two, and now you're saying free if you're. No, I'm saying two, but free if I'm feeling a bit peckish. Uh, peckish. Yeah. But like 100, percent I've added sugar to my stuff. Anyway, we're getting distracted. Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, no, no, sugar yes, gets, yeah. sugar's getting dived in. The uh, yeah, sit down computer, tea, probably listen to some music first mm. there's like I don't know sometimes I wake up in the morning I can hear like a certain song mm. in my head I might visit that album or like if not I'll go to my my uh, long samples playlist on Spotify just flick through some stuff just like try and absorb some some vibe from things you know mm. and then uh, yeah just there's not really a set way to like how I would start making a beat, but it's just, you know, whatever whatever vibe you get caught in the, on on that day. If I'm not starting with a sample, then like I've got a guitar in my studio. I might just play a couple of strings on there, even though I can't really play guitar yeah. and like use that as a bass. It's all about finding like for me that first that first sound that will inspire me to keep building on top of it. Mm. Do you ever worry that like you know, you said that you listen, you might listen to a tune before you start producing. Mm-hmm. Do you ever worry about being too influenced? Nah, not really. Nah. Not really. Because, okay. I mean, I can I can play keys a bit, but like, I don't think I'm ever going to hear something and, and recreate it exactly okay. the same as. Yeah. Yeah. It's more just like ob- trying to absorb the feeling mm-hmm. of the song than remaking it okay. or how it makes me feel anyway. Yeah. And I guess the creative process differs depending on the artist that you work with as well, right? Yeah, the artists I work with, the, the weather outside, where I am when I make it, <laughs> mm. what's in the room, you know, yeah. what's happened before I sat down to make the beat, you mm. know, where my head's at on that day or whatever. There's, there's like so many variables mm. that can affect like what you're going to make when you sit down to make something. Yeah, 100%. What's like people like Slow Tie, who are they like, what are they like to like work with generally? Uh, Slow Tie is sick to work with. Um, he always has a good energy in studio. Um, I can see that. You can definitely see yeah. that. <laughs> I can definitely see that. 
like, yeah, he's somebody that is very easy to vibe with. Some people are more reserved, more chill, you know, but like with him, it's like, I can play him a bunch of beats or I can start something from scratch, but he's like, I'll hear him just start writing quickly or like, he comes up with ideas very easily, um, which is inspiring to the producer when, you know, the artist is vibing with what you're doing or creating, so. What about someone like Flo Ohio? Ohio is quite similar to Ty in that way, actually. Like, she she writes quickly as well. And she's just, like, a very nice person. Very easy and, and down to earth. Yeah, she's dope. To be yeah, right. she's sick, man. If you haven't worked, if you haven't, like, had built a rapport with the person that you're about, the artist you're about to work with, mm. how important is that to creating music with them? Do you have to build a rapport first? or I feel like it's weird to sit in a room and just like be like yo you're right let me play some beats <laughs> yeah. like i feel like you've you've really you got to try to you know not necessarily like build a mad relationship with the mm. person straight away but you've got to be on a level where you both feel comfortable enough with each other to like start sharing ideas because yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know creating something with somebody is like you have to you have to have an element of feeling comfortable with them mm. it's not like you know, you're not going to, I don't feel like you're going to give your best unless you feel comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's always about, you know, just at least trying to have a conversation about what's been going on. Mm. How are you? Like, where you been? What's been, yeah, yeah. what's been going on? <laughs> just, you know, general, like, just vibing the same way I've just met you guys today. Mm. It's like, you just had a little, you know, chat, yeah. catch up. Yeah, 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 it yeah, makes yeah. the whole, the whole thing easier. Yeah. You can definitely hear it on the song as well. Like, if they don't have chemistry between the artist and the producer as well. Like, sometimes it does. I think so. I was going to ask that, can you? I can't think of any. I think so. I, I don't know. I don't know if but I But then what that. if you just sent a beat to somebody? Because that yeah, happens I mean, too, you know, if you sent the beat. Yo, 100%, 100%. But sometimes you can kind of tell, kind of like the whole Nas, Nas Air album. Like you can tell that sometimes you're not really catching the uh, feet, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah, really catching see, the yeah, flow yeah, yeah, and stuff like that. So you, it can sound a bit jarring. And I feel like that can translate in other people's music as well, not just like Nas uh, and yeah, stuff. So I definitely feel like there's an element of like, not necessarily being able to tell whether there's great chemistry there. Maybe I'm just a nerd who just listens to too much music, but yeah, that's just me. But um, no, there's definitely been sessions where like you'll have, I don't know, if a few days with somebody and the first day is mostly just like just getting to know each other. Yeah. You know, you might start a couple of ideas, but most of the day was just about catching a vibe with the person that you're going to be doing more music with. So, yeah. What if you don't catch a vibe? I mean, that happens sometimes. Like, you know, you still try to push through because we're there to make music at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You might get lucky and make something sick or you might make something that was cool. Maybe next time will be better, you know? Mm, yeah. You can't force it, man. It's like, if yeah. a sick tune comes out, a sick tune comes yeah, out. Yeah, if yeah. it's all right, it's all right. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. Can't always hit. Oh, yeah. No, I can't always hit at all. But yeah. you've been lucky enough tonight, you know? Been here a few times, you know what I'm saying? I feel quite lucky. Find his keepers, yeah, definitely. Find his keepers. That's a big one. <laughs> it was alright, wasn't it? That was a bit of a big one. It was, was alright. That was a sick one. That was the first session we ever had. Wait, what? Yeah. That was the first time I met her that day. It was me, her, and her brother Marlon, and we like we was making a a tune that day, and it was cool. It was one of the alright ones, and then literally last twenty minutes. The beat was bare simple. 
and the song was written so quickly and then I took away what we had there and built the beat more. But What's that transition like from like being a rap slash grime producer to doing something more pop leading? Sometimes if you're like, <laughs> if on a week I've got one session that's like rap, rap, and then going to the other side of like, I guess more a popular R&B, it can be a bit like, it's like, you get into two different headsets mm. sometimes. Um, but I like a lot of music and I listen to a lot of different music throughout a week. So I'm just trying to, yeah, just catch the vibe. Don't force it if it comes out. Yeah, comes man, out, it has you know? to be tough, man. Like, imagine Monday, Tuesday, grime, and then it's Thursday, Friday, you can't yeah, do Sometimes yeah. it's like that. <laughs> yeah, And it's but, not a case of like boxing yourself in like as just a rap producer as well. Like you clearly have the skills to do so much more than that. I yeah, I feel quite um I feel quite fortunate that I'm able to st- step across like different genres like that, man. It's like yeah. It works, isn't it? If it works, it yeah. works. That's what I mean. I feel like if I if I um if I'm going to work with somebody, if I feel like I've got something that I can contribute to their music, then like I'm on trying to do it, you know. No, I feel you. Is there a sample in Finders Keepers? Uh, there was originally, but I replayed it. So the the Wally rhythm, yeah, I had that in there originally, but we couldn't use it as it was, so yeah, I was going to to recreate it. Yeah, do you have issues with like clearing samples in that? Uh, it happens sometimes. Yeah, how do you deal with that? It's long, bro. I can imagine, bro. It's long, man. I can imagine. It's long. Did you know you you know when you was making that beat and then were making a song? Did you know you you had one? Was that one? Uh, like, did you guys, as you was going along, did you kind of know like, yeah, we got one here? I try not to think about that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing yeah. too much. It's more just like, when I started making music, it was because it was fun and I, you know, I did it because I enjoyed doing it. So I still try to keep you that just want the first thing. I don't yeah, want to yeah. think about, oh, this is going to be a hit or like anything yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Because I feel like that would just, that would just throw you in it. It changes the reason why I started creating music in the first place. Not bad, I mean, but if I had Finders Keepers, can't tell me shit, fam. Then you got to be consistent with it as well. I'll have a hoodie with that name on the back of it. I just walk around Finders Keepers. You have no shame. You might know that about me, fam. You have no shame at all. Just big Mabel face at the Finders Keepers there. I feel you, man. Fair enough. Well, now's the time for us individually to pick our own favourite samples from a lot of the myriad rap songs that we've listened to in our lives. Oh, man. So, uh, Jade will give you some time because um, <laughs> obviously we sprung it on you. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't mind going first. Right, Setting pace in that. Yeah. So for this, you got you got to name the actual sample and the song that was, it was sampled. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So um, I picked two. Um, the first one, it's not a hip hop song. It's by a hip hop producer though. It's um, Alicia Keys. You don't know my name. Um, Kanye West produced that, and the sample is from a soul group known as the main ingredients um and the name of the song is let me prove my love to you and um yeah man i just i just loved what kanye did with that man like i think sometimes i imagine i don't know for sure but i imagine like you know losing the feel of the original can be a fear for um whoever is sampling whatever um so i just rated the fact that i think if you listen to the sample and then listen to alicia keys's version I just imagine that, like, you know, you will still get that same feel from from both songs. Um, 
And yeah, I just loved what Kanye did with that, man. He kept he kept the warmth of it. Um, and he just flipped it, man. He, yeah, Kanye's a genius, man. Was there a case he, where he he's just, a genius, <laughs> bro? I feel you. Was there a case where he just took the sample and just kind of like slowed it down? Um, no, nah, like he um he took so it wasn't even the whole tune that he took. He I think he took like the last maybe like minute. It might have taken the last minute and then just um I think he looped that as the actual beat for Leash Keys. And then there's a bit in the Leash Keys song where like um. And this is why I thought, this is why I was even like, Kanye's like, he's a madman because he could have easily just looped the, the the sample all the way through. But there was a part where he like cuts it. And then you know where Alicia Keys is talking to most Def on the phone? Mm-hmm. And then it's like that soft, like there's like a soft kind of bit to the beat. That's not part of the sample. I think he he just did that. And I, I, I just think that's just genius. Um, and yeah, just the overall sample. I just I just love that. I love the use of that, man. Um, and then my second, my second choice was um, a Kendrick Lamar song off to Pimp a Butterfly um, called Mama. Um, it was produced by Knowledge and the sample was taken from um, a Layla Hathaway song called On My Own. Um, and I heard that she actually came in to add additional vocals to it, which I thought was dope. It still sounded amazing. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just loved what Knowledge did with that, man. Like if you hear... The original song, it's very, it's, it's very slow. It's a very um, sensual song. And just like the way Knowledge was able to just kind of flip it and still keep that feeling. Because you can still get that feel for it, but it's hip hop. Um, I just loved what he did with that, man. So yeah, those are my two. Um, I can't say they're my favorites, but mm. two are like the, the best samples that I've enjoyed for sure. Some good samples. Yeah, man. Mohammed? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, so I went with... I think we're all going with Kanye here today, bro. Fucking up. You do? <laughs> yeah, I went for Kanye as well. Oh, shit. Sorry, sir. No, go ahead. I went for Kanye. All falls down. He sampled the GOAT female, Lauren Hill, for me. Mission uh, of Iniquity. I can't even speak English for a second, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one I went for just because I feel like the way he'd done it was... He would do it artistically and beautifully, innit? I just feel like it's flawless. Um, I had a couple more. But I realised they were all Kanye, so I thought, let me chill. So wait, <laughs> the actual sample, the vocal one, yeah, the sample, that's Lauren Hill. Yeah, Lauren Hill. Yeah. And then he done it in a way where it just sounded crazy to me, man. Like, because obviously growing up, I feel like we're at an age now where we recognize the samples. Now we've got to that age now where when people sample a song, we're like, shit, my man sampled. My man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That, yeah. Like, we're old now. So, like, if someone samples a song, I feel like we, hey, yo. We're getting old, bro. Wasn't that 96? <laughs> wasn't that 97? I was there. <laughs> yo. <laughs> No, do you know what I mean though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. some do it great. Tamar Braxton done it horribly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tamar Braxton. Are coming for Tamar? But she, she, she sampled Juicy, isn't it? Big oh, I ain't even heard the song. Ah, oh, bro, throw it in the bin. Oh, uh, but then it, went, it charted, yeah. but who done it? It was, you know, Youngberg. Yeah. Youngberg sampled Biggie for Tamar Braxton and then Juicy. So even though that was sampled from Juicy Fruit. But anyway, yeah. throw it in the bin. So some do it beautifully, some do it like her. Um, and I feel like we're at an age now where we recognize it. So when I felt, when we first all heard, when I heard it, I was like, shit, Kanye's a genius, not knowing that obviously he sampled it. Mm. Then I heard it, I'm like, yo, this guy's a fuck. He's a, he's a, he's broken. <laughs> like, he's broken, fam. He's an alien, fam. He's a cheat code, fam. You know, left, left, right, right, R1, R2, <laughs> maximum ammo on GTA, yeah, you fam. You gotta throw an R1 in there. What'd you say? You gotta throw an R1 R1, in there. R1, R2. For it to really be a cheat square, code. Square X, left, left, yeah. maximum ammo on GTA, fam. That's what Kanye West is, bro. Mm. Like, to me, he done it flawlessly. So yeah, that's the one I'm gonna I'm gonna go for all fours down, man. Just cause shout out to Selena, whatever her surname is, or so she's on the song too. But to that um Tamar Braxton one, I think 
there might be some tunes that might be too sacred to touch and try and sample. I feel like Juicy's one of them as well. I think Juicy might be one just because of how big that tune is. as well for DJ Khaled. Yeah, you gotta be careful, man. That was, you know, it was terrible. I was trash. disappointed. I was trash. Be careful with that, man. See, he's an example of someone who takes a song, tries to recreate and does it terribly. Whereas someone like Rhapsody, she did the But did he do Marie Marie all right? Wild Force was cool, man. Wild Force was cool. But he tried to do it again with Miss Jackson and it flopped. Yeah, Whereas he could have left it. Out. He, yeah, he, he could have left it. Out, Just leave it there, in it. But I felt like the bass, the way the bass was played on Wild Thoughts was a little bit stiff mm. compared to when Santana played it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, a little bit. It was, it was greasier. There wasn't, there wasn't like, as much soul. When Carlos in it. Santana did, yeah. it, was, no, it was a lot of greasier. Yo, yeah. As much as you'll be sarcastic, you're right though. But, but, but Santana's one hit differently. From the soul was there with Santana's one. Like as much as make a joke, it was there. Like fam, it was oily. Fam. Yeah, I felt it was, <laughs> saying, it was a little different. Yeah, man, man. it was sunkissed. Just had barbecue chicken. On the <laughs> say, just had the sangria on the side. Oh, fam. You know what I'm saying? saying. Meanwhile, Bro. DJ Khaled had this little elliptical machine while not losing weight. Fam, I'm saying, man. <laughs> Whereas Rhapsody, she recreated um, Liquid Swords, yeah. and that was dope. Yeah, she did yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, she did really well with that, and even got Jizz involved as well. I was so. gonna say maybe because yeah. she had Jizz involved as well, though, isn't it? Ah, just the beat itself was just like dope. Yeah, it was kind of like a loop, but. And then it goes on to the actual sample where it goes into the instruments and stuff. So that was like dope for me. Um, that's definitely a recent one for me. Um, but generally, my favorite sample, it's got to be Wu-Tang Clan Cream. And that's taken from a tune by the Charmels called As Long As I've Got You. And they basically, he ba- RZA basically took the intro horns, put that in the intro, and then the actual loop, it was like 10 seconds on the actual Charmels song. And for me, it's just like, it's such an amazing song. Like Cream is like probably top ten hip hop songs ever for me. Yeah. Um, so to see that they had taken just a little bit, a fraction of a second from one tune, maybe a couple, like one like ten second bit from the same tune, and just like made it like recreated and made it such a classic. Like, mm. yeah, man, that's a that's a, that's a heavenly. It's a heavenly song, the actual original song, and Cream is just what it is as well. So that's flipping amazing. Um, most recently. I really love um, what Heady One did on both. Um, so he sampled a song called Free by Ultra Nate. We all know the song. Mm. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I just liked the way he did it, man. I, I never liked that song at first, like the Free song. And then Heady One just like did, ma- did madness it with it. Yeah, I mean, he made it sick. So yeah, shout out to him for that, basically. Um, but yeah, man, it's just... There's a few good samples out there, man. Yeah, for sure, man. Mm. 100%. Like, hip-hop definitely just lives on, especially the old classic 90s hip-hop songs that we know as, like, amazing songs. Like, the samples are probably what make them mm. more more time, more often than not. So, yeah, man. And how they're used as well, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Again, a skill. Yeah, for sure, man. JD, what you got? Mm. Right now, I would say Common The Light is the mm. tune. Uh, the samples by Bobby Caldwell. Mm. It's called "Open Your Eyes." That tune's actually produced by Dilla as well. Mm. Um, yeah, love that one. Love that one. Yeah, it's a good one, man. It's a yeah. real classic. Can't go wrong with Caldwell. a second one as well. Uh, Jay Z, "Girls, Girls, Girls." The sample is by Tom Brock. It's got a long title, which is "There's Nothing in This World That Can Stop Me from Loving You." Um, that's the name of the sample. I don't think I heard that. I'm not sure. It's a sick one as I well. I didn't realize that was a sample. Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. From at the age now, we realized it back then. Mm. I, I heard originally that was supposed that's to be just Ghostface. Just play for this. Girls, girls, girls. Yeah. Yeah, glad they gave it to Jay Z. 
Wait, what, what would you Apparently, say? that was supposed to be for Ghostface originally. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. I can see that. That's what I heard. 100%. Mm, boy, yeah. I'm glad they gave it to Jay Z. Why? Hey, don't get angry. Ghostface should have hopped on a remix. Right. That would have been, been good. Mm. That's yeah. definitely Ghostface. All right, guys. This guy, man. Don't listen, <laughs> you don't listen to enough Ghostface, do you? Actually, do you now? Shout out to Ghost. Well, then you would know that he's. No, that's what I'm saying. I actually do. So it's like. Maybe not as much as YouTube, but I actually do listen to Ghost. No, Pete listens to the most. Pete is from the 80s. Pete is a 70s baby. <laughs> for years, he was battling whether it was Blackfoot or Ghostface at the top of his Was he really? Yeah. For, yeah, man. Every time I'd see him, like it'd be one day, it'd be yeah. Blackfoot. The other day, it'd be Ghostface. And now it's not a question. Back and yeah, forth. Yeah, that's not a question. Now it's yeah. not a question. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, Blackfoot done overtime with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> this guy, man. Ghostface probably got one of the better ears for beats like in hip-hop. I agree. I agree. Yeah, 100%. Any others? I can't feel any. Rick Ross. Rick Ross, in our generation, is the best ear for beats. In our generation? I thought you meant another sample. I didn't know you meant ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our generation, I don't think I've heard a better beat picker than Rick Ross. I think Rick Ross is amazing. That's someone, Santa Green, is it Santa Green? Yeah. That's ridiculous, bruv. I didn't say that again. Even the way he took Wale's and what he made it. I know that's not his ear. But the one, uh, what is it? The one we kept on really, really. Uh, what's the song called again? Um, and it's on the new. Uh, um, Turnpike Ike. Yeah, Turnpike Ike. Turnpike Sup- Ike. Turnpike, yeah. And that's originally his song, but then Wally took it a while ago and done Groundhog Day. But like, even that beat's ridiculous, man. Like, Rick Ross got stupid here. But as for another sample, I can't think of any more. You guys got any more? There's too many, man. The uh, Diplomats. It's yeah. the long list. <laughs> yeah, long list. They're very good. Diplomats. Dipset. What song? I mean, they just got a good ear for like Oh, yeah, they got, yeah they got a bag of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. They got a bag of them. I've got another sample, but I can't bring up this artist, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, Kelly? Nah, boy, I was going to say J. Cole. Oh, that's oh, right. I mean, you brought up Wretch, you might as well bring up Yeah, J. I was going to say, oh, Kelly, man, I've got to bring up that monster, fam. <laughs> no, because you love Kells, man. This one, dude, yo, this getting edited, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> nah, let's go to the next. You love Kells, Yo, man. fam, let's go to the next topic, bro. I love Kells, man. No way, fam. But well, coming... you think J. Cole's got a good ear for? No, like, there's a few that he sampled. Like, I remember Fire Squad, he sampled, I think it's an old Mexican song. Because me and my boys were just, it was either Fire Squad or, or Sad. It was one of the songs of Forest Hills that he done an old, old song to. And I just, like, I don't think he's amazing at it. I just feel like that one song he hit with. I still prefer J-, J. Cole when someone else is producing for him. Yeah. I just, I just, is it just me that thinks though, like, J- I would have listened to more J. Cole, I think, in my life if it was different beats? Nope. It's not just you. Okay, it's not cool. just you. I'm just checking. No, 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 no. I agree. I said it. I, right. I prefer J. Cole when someone else produces his shit. But even like, just. Yeah, if someone else produced them, but just the beats that he still chooses to rap on, it's yeah, like mad stale, man. that stops me mad from stale, listening man. to more. So you're, you're not a fan of his production? He's got some cool beats, but it's just like they don't hit for me the same way as yeah, if he had a, a better beat selection. Mm. But do, you think, you, do you think it's wise for a rapper to produce for himself? Uh, do you think that can work? Yeah, as often can. like besides a few anomalies, do you think it's a winning formula? Or do you prefer? Do you think it was? It's better for like a producer and a rapper to just be separate entities. Oh, if they can make sick beats, they can make sick beats, mm. man. Yeah. Yeah, Cole, he makes good it's just, beats. It's just, they just don't yeah, really... Definitely, yeah, let's not do They're kind of monotonous. They don't really go past a certain register for me anyway. And that's why they become boring because yeah. he's not really testing himself. The one beat, the best beat he ever had, he gave it to Kendrick. I mean, high power. High power. And mm. I feel like KOD... Yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With KOD, I feel like his production definitely improved. I think it was a lot, a lot more jumpy and bouncy and a little more rampant. Um, but generally, you know, he probably does need to 
outsources his work. Yeah, give me a uh, give me a quote album for another producer. Just once in my life, and I'm good. Just one, and I'm good. He needs no. Him and Primo need to do an album together. I said that. I think I tweeted that. I was like, if him and Primo, DJ Primo, get together, just give me one album. Yeah, he sounded good on that gang. I could die a happy death. Mm. Like I could die a happy death. Then you'll have a classic. It's that simple. At least we know it. Quote unquote. <laughs> I just thought of a sample. I was listening to um, Quincy Jones this morning, and like the first, I think the intro of it was a far the far side tune. What's that far side song? Not running. The other one. Pass me by. Where it's like, dun, dun, t- yeah, yeah, I didn't know that was from Quincy Jones, bro. I was like, raw, oh, for real, yeah, I didn't know that. Either. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember I the name no of the song. Probably shouldn't have known that was a sample too, to be fair. Yeah, I had no idea. I was like, oh, raw. But do we agree that there's some samples that you should never touch? There's some yeah. samples that yeah, are untouchable. Well, I mean, it depends, man. It depends because obviously, even Diddy was really good at like just recreating like really amazing songs that probably shouldn't have been touched into like classics. It just depends on the angle you go down it. Like if you want the Khaled route, then you know leave it alone. But if you want the Diddy route, fair game. It's also kind of subjective as well. If you hold like a personal like love for a certain tune, you're gonna be like, no one should touch this. Yeah, no, I agree. You know? I agree. There's certain songs that you should just leave alone, man. Certain old tunes that like I don't know if like you grew up with your parents listening to them in the house. Mm. I don't want to hear. You're right, fam. Because I remember I forgot who it was. I remember some rock stars tried to take Smooth Criminal, you remember? Mm. On the flip side, yeah. though, there Smooth are Smooth Criminal. You remember that some was rock Alien Amp from? Yeah, and I, I went crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what are you looking like, at? Papa Roach or something? I don't know who it was. All I remember, these man talk Smooth Criminal, yeah. I was like, yo, what are you, bruv? You lot mad, fam. It kind of banged back in the day. It did not, it did not bang. Relax, back in the day. Fam. Michael Jackson leaned forward and came back up straight, But then fam. you know what, bruv? Them man probably said about rap. Because um, when Diddy took um, David Bowie's Let's Dance, I'm pretty sure them man went home. What did he make it, though? Um, being around the world. Cool. Like. Did that song bang? Yeah. Then that's what but I'm they saying. probably didn't feel that <laughs> way. Nah, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean <laughs> rap, but rappers always had a bad rap for sampling. Because, you know, you're taking what was sacred and you're taking what was original, actual music, allegedly, into something that is just recycled and, you know, explicit language, all that stuff. So, you know, rap and sampling has always had a kind of interesting relationship anyway. Um, but on the flip side, I do feel like there are certain tunes that whoever uses it, it's going to bang. Like, mm. I think the Hit em Up sample, that's just such an amazing song that you could probably, use, anyone could probably use it and it, it would bang, I feel like. Um and yeah, the, I get pop, what you mean. Yeah, the Big Papa sample as well, I think the same thing. Um, those are just two songs that give to anyone and no. But if you listen good. to the um, the original for that Big Papa song, um, ah, no, nah. I'm, I'm good on the Biggie's version, bro. Because it's from the Isley Brothers. So I was yeah. like, yeah, no, I'm good, man. I feel you, but I also feel that's like, between yeah. the sheets. Yeah, bro, just leave oh, that. Don't touch that. Oh, I hate in, you. A, in that sense, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying that's a that's a banger, isn't it? So mm. okay, so Biggie done great, but yeah. I'm just. Yeah, when I've, no one else now. Yeah, like no yeah. one else, man. No one else. Hey, man. I hope DJ Khaled is listening to this and gets hey. ideas. Hey, man. No, I hope DJ Khaled's listening to this, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're going to end it there. So, thank you, JD, for coming. Appreciate through. you, brother. Uh, thank you for having up, me. Man. Appreciate you. Yeah, 100%. How, do, how can the people get at you, bro? Uh, at JD Read Music on everything Twitter, Instagram, slash JD Read Music on Facebook, if anyone even uses that now. Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> Wait, use what? Huh? What would you say? Facebook. On Facebook. Oh, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I think, think anyone uses that. But yeah, it's just at JD Read Music on Twitter and Instagram. And, SoundCloud uh, as well. SoundCloud forward slash JD Read Music. Yeah. I'm on Spotify. Apple stuff. Music, all of that stuff. Yeah. 
Well, it is. Boys, anything else to add? Um, shout out to Chief Keith. Why? As a decade comes to an end, I just want to shout out to people who are fake up. Influencers. Influencers? Yeah. I mean, he's definitely in his own time. Yeah, so as, own, we, right? as we come to a close, I just want to give one. I'm going to mention someone else at every end of the episode. And Chief keeps this one. How about we just plan a, a decade episode? That uh, we're going to do that as well. I, I think he really wants to do that, isn't yeah, I think so. We're doing it. No, no, we're doing it. He definitely wants to reel it off. This guy wants to, because he wants to do it at the end of 2020. That's the start of a new decade. But that's the end of this decade. Though. Nah, the end of this decade is 2019. Nah. What do you mean, nah? Oh, do you know about how decades work? <laughs> nah. The end of 2019 is the end of this decade. Yeah, but why would we do it now, though? Why not do it no, in 2020? That's what I'm saying. January 2020, we're going to do the. End you didn't of, say that. I said when we do the end of year recap, we might as well do the end of. Yeah, but I'm saying recap. do it in 2020. You're saying. No, because you said the end, end of 2020. Whatever, man. Anyway, shout semantics. Out, shout out to Chief Keith. Shout out to Chief Keith. That's the only thing I had to say. <laughs> For everything he's given to the hip hop community. I'm free, Hunter. Old Black. Gang, 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 gang. On that note, we're going to sign off. So, yeah. Peace out. And uh, yeah, thanks to Jamie Reed again. And yeah, we will see you very, very soon. Take care. Oh. Peace. <laughs>